Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the criminal trial stemming from the tragic death of Ahmad Arbery, a 25-year-old black man who was pursued by three white men, Travis and Greg McMichael and William Roddy Bryan, and was eventually shot to death by one of those men, Travis McMichael. With verdicts of guilty rendered against the three defendants, we continue our complete coverage of the trial from gavel to gavel. In our last episode, we began our exploration of Prosecutor Linda Dunikowski's closing statement in the trial as she sought to frame for the jury their roles and responsibilities as the panelists who would apply the law to the facts in the case. In this episode, we examine Dunikowski's arguments for how her team has proven each of the charges against the defendants beyond a reasonable doubt. We will begin that presentation right after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Prosecutor Linda Dunikowski begins the second section of her closing by putting a blue PowerPoint card with white letters on the court's TV screen. It says simply, the charges work from the bottom of the indictment. Dunikowski plans to take the jurors through the charges from the less weighty charges up to the most grave of them. It would seem that the prosecutor's intention here is to convey how the consequences of the defendant's assumptions and driveway decisions, as she has repeatedly called them, escalated in severity over the course of the five minutes that they chased Ahmaud Arbery. The first count that comes up on the screen is count nine, the initial attempt by the defendants to falsely imprison Ahmad Arbery. So what have we got? Criminal attempt to commit a felony, which is false imprisonment. What's an attempt? That's when you perform an act which constitutes a substantial step toward the commission of said crime. Mr. Bryan pulled out of his driveway and ran him into a ditch. Mr. Arbery was able to keep running. Right there, criminal attempt commit false imprisonment. Criminal attempt to commit a false, commit false imprisonment. This is actually what it says in the indictment. What do you have? In violation of the personal liberty of Mr. Arbery. Okay. Guess what? We're citizens of the United States, right? We live here. We have personal liberty because this is a free country. Other people can't go up and stop us and hold us and detain us. Okay. They have to actually have seen us commit that crime in order to effectuate a citizen's arrest. So you go around and you start stopping people, you're doing that in violation of their personal liberty. And what did they do? They unlawfully chased Ahmaud Arbery through the public streets of Satilla Shores in pickup trucks and did attempt to detain and confine him without legal authority on Burford using an F-150 pickup truck and a Chevy Silverado pickup truck. The next count that comes up is count eight, false imprisonment. Dunikowski reads the text that is on the video screen. False imprisonment, now this is over on Holmes. In violation of the personal liberty of Ahmaud Arbery, did unlawfully confine and detain Ahmaud Arbery without legal authority. Once again, did 
did not see him commit any crime, not a citizen's arrest. They are not law enforcement officers. They are not in a marked patrol car. They are not with badges on their arms. They're not in any uniform without legal authority. Said accused did chase him out Aubrey with an F-150 pickup truck and a Chevy Silverado pickup truck to the public roadways of the Satilla Shores neighborhood and did confine and detain him on homes. Travis McMichael said he was pinned between the two trucks. Greg McMichael said he was trapped like a rat between the two trucks. The ultimate false imprisonment. Count seven is for aggravated assault with a pickup truck. In this case, there are two pickup trucks, Travis McMichael's Ford F-150 and William Roddy Bryan's Chevy Silverado. Prosecutor Dunikowski presents the jury a sequence of three PowerPoint cards to lay this out. On one of the cards, she presents one of the defining characteristics of aggravated assault as objects, devices, and instruments, which, when used offensively against a person, are likely to result in serious bodily injury. Dunikowski continues. What are pickup trucks? They are objects when used offensively against someone can result in serious bodily injury or death. You hit somebody with the F-150 pickup truck intentionally? You hit them with a Silverado intentionally? Are you going to hurt them? Break a leg? Paralyze them? You can even kill them. We all know that. Hit and runs, right? Hit and homicides. We all know this. And the medical examiner told you so. The third card explicating count seven reads that actual injury to a mod need not be shown. Dunikowski expands on this. Actual injury to a mod need not be shown for aggravated assault with pickup trucks. The judge is going to instruct you. You don't have to actually hit the person. You don't actually have to injure them for it to be aggravated assault. What you have to do is place that person in reasonable fear of receiving a violent injury. This is really important, ladies and gentlemen. Did the defendants commit acts with their pickup trucks that placed Ahmaud Arbery in reasonable fear of receiving serious bodily injury? Yeah. Yes, they did. We know Mr. Bryan did. He ran him into a ditch, then tried to go at him again, then went at him another time, then backed up toward him. Now, what did Travis McMichael get on the stand and say? Oh, I just pulled up next to him. No, I didn't startle him. No, he wasn't afraid of me. Do you believe any of that stuff? Just look at the Night Owl video. Look at how Mr. Arby tries to get away from them and then look at them speed off after him. So all you have to do is look at that Night Owl video and you'll know that they put him in reasonable fear of receiving bodily harm, violent injury, aggravated assault with the pickup trucks. Prosecutor Dunikowski next reads a PowerPoint card for count six of the charges against the defendants. Aggravated assault in count six. Did they make an assault upon the person of Ahmad Arbery with a firearm, a deadly weapon? That 12-gauge pump shotgun with seven already in it. Two steps, pull the trigger. That's all you gotta do. The evidence is that the defendants attempted to cause a violent injury to the alleged victim by shooting him. Yeah, that's aggravated assault with a shotgun. Now, I want to be really clear, okay? Travis McMichael does this with the shotgun. We see it on the video. Dunikowski lifts her arms as if pointing a shotgun at someone. This is the beginning of the aggravated assault. Beginning of the aggravated assault. The aggravated assault continues as he steps away from his car door and blocks the road. 
Now, what did he say to you? Oh, it's putting distance between me and Mr. Arbery. Was he putting distance or was he blocking the road? You decide. Then what does he do? Dunikowski points at a still frame from the video of the moment just before Travis McMichael shoots Ahmad Arbery for the first time. He doesn't stay right there, does he? We can't see this, but what do we know? He makes it around that car door, right? He makes it over here, right? He's in front of his truck and he's moving forward, closing the distance on Mr. Arbery, intercepting Mr. Arbery, and is right here with that shotgun. It wasn't at port arms like this. It was right like this. And how fast does Mr. Arbery come around the corner and boom, shoots him. That is one continuous aggravated assault ending in the shotgun blast to his torso right here. Came out right here, right? So how was he when the shotgun hit him? Like this, right? Got it across the wrist, got it right in the torso, came out right here. So he's turned like this, according to the medical examiner. Dunikowski is referencing the testimony from the Georgia Bureau of Investigation medical examiner, indicating that the autopsy evidence suggests that Mr. Arbery put his hand out and turned sideways as he was shot, as if he was instinctively shielding himself from the blast. It is worth noting that the jury found William Roddy Bryan not guilty of this felony with a firearm count, as well as the corresponding felony murder count. Having presented all of the felony charges, Prosecutor Dunikowski moves on to define felony murder for the jury. But for the felony being committed, this death would not have occurred. Did that felony committed against Mr. Arbery ultimately contribute and lead to his death? Dunikowski proceeds to walk the jury through each of the felonies and how they ultimately contributed to Ahmaud Arbery's death. She begins with count two, felony murder based on the felony of aggravated assault with a shotgun. Aggravated assault with a shotgun? Yes. Pointing that shotgun at him, having him run away around the side of the car, Travis McMichael intercepting him with the shotgun and then shooting him? Definitely aggravated assault, felony murder. While the prosecutor's implication that this count should apply to Greg McMichael is clear, as he knew that his son Travis was armed and was armed himself, the prosecution's argument for why this count should apply to William Roddy Bryan is not clear, and in fact, Bryan was acquitted of this count. Donikowski moves on to count three, felony murder based on the felony of aggravated assault with pickup trucks. Aggravated assault with pickup trucks. Well, once again, what do we have? Would he be dead if he hadn't been pinned between these two pickup trucks? Think about this. If he'd made it up Holmes and over on Zellwood, he'd have run out, right? If he hadn't been pinned between the two pickup trucks on Holmes with Mr. Bryan running him towards the white pickup truck, would he still be alive? Yeah. Their use of the pickup trucks to go ahead and commit aggravated assaults on him, put him in fear of them and their pickup trucks meant he was running away from them, an assault, running away. Did their actions, were they such that they put him in reasonable fear of receiving bodily injury? And did that contribute to him ending up where he ended up and his death? Yes, it did. Felony murder. Dunikowski next explains her argument for count four, felony murder based on the felony of false imprisonment. False imprisonment on Holmes. That's what we're talking about. Did they falsely imprison him on Holmes? We've already gone over it. Had him pinned on Holmes, 
trapped like a rat between the two pickup trucks, according to Greg McMichael. He's still, after five minutes, running away from them. If they hadn't done this, they hadn't done this on homes, would he be alive? Ask yourselves that. If the answer is yes, felony murder. Check it off. And then the prosecutor presents the final felony murder count based on the felony of attempted false imprisonment, which she argues began when Ahmad Arbery first indicated that he had no interest in stopping for either the McMichaels or William Bryan, and they subsequently made their initial attempts to detain him. I mean, yeah, they pulled up to him. Hey, stop, I want to talk to you. He runs away. They pull forward. They go down to the end of Burford. He then runs away from them again. They're trying to falsely imprison over there. Did that contribute to it? Yes, because that's when they began their attack. They're using the pickup trucks over on Burford to put him in reasonable apprehension of receiving serious bodily harm. They're putting him in fear with their actions. What does Mr. Bryan do? Tries to, not that doesn't try, actually runs him into a ditch. Runs him into the ditch. Aggravated assault. So what's Mr. Arbery doing? We know he runs away from them and runs away from them and runs away from them. Because they have tried to falsely imprison him on Burford and they've used these pickup trucks to do it in a manner that's likely to cause him fear. Remember, Mr. Arbery had to have engaged in significant provocation. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The first count in the indictment is for malice murder. As the card appears on the TV screen, Prosecutor Dunikowski reads the entire definition. So malice murder. What's malice murder? Well, cause the death of another person unlawfully and with malice aforethought. Now malice aforethought is not ill will or hatred. It's not like what we think of. No premeditation is required, okay? Rather, it's the unlawful intention to kill without justification, okay? Well, what's justification? Justification is self-defense. Deliberate intention to kill is one way you see malice murder. I'm deliberately taking your life, I'm killing you. How do we usually think about that? Huh? You're out to get somebody. You want the uh, husband murdered for the insurance money. Uh, you're, you're gonna go ahead and execute somebody. You're mad at somebody. You're enraged at somebody. You intend to kill them. That's deliberate intention, right? But there's another kind of malice, and that's implied malice. You are allowed to consider this when looking at malice. You may also find malice when there does not appear to be significant provocation, and the circumstance of the killing shows an abandoned and malignant heart. Don't you love lawyers? What the heck is an abandoned and malignant heart, right? Well, think about that. You just don't care. You just don't care what you're doing. You want to do what you want to do. And boy, whoever you're doing it to had better be okay with it. I'm going to order you to stop and talk to me. And if you don't, I'm going to pull out a shotgun on you. 
And hey, you're still going to run away from me? Oh yeah, I'm going to come at you. I'm going to intercept you over here at the corner. How dare you turn on me? Bam! Malice, right there. Remember, Mr. Arbery had to have engaged in significant provocation. What did he do? What did Mr. Arbery do? He ran away for five minutes. He ran away from them. He ran away from them for five minutes. That's what he did. With his hands out of his sides and those baggy shorts he had on. No weapon, no threats, no way to call for help, didn't even have a cell phone on him. Ran away from them for five minutes. Again, it is worth noting that Dunikowski and her team were able to secure a conviction of Travis McMichael on the malice murder count, but Greg McMichael and William Bryan were found not guilty of this charge. Having run through all of the charges, the prosecutor clarifies that there are several things that the state does not have to prove to make its case. state doesn't have to prove premeditation. The state does not have to prove motive, okay? Not required to explain to you why they did what they did. You know what they did. Some of you may know why they did it. But the state does not have to prove exactly why they did what they did. Donikowski also clarifies why the state has charged Greg McMichael and William Bryan with all of these counts. On the screen, she presents a card that poses questions about the culpability of each of these defendants. The indictment. So here's the thing, party to a crime. How in the world could Defendant Bryan be held responsible if he was in the Silverado filming all this, right? How can Greg McMichael be held responsible if he's in the back of the truck, finally on the phone with 911 when the shots ring out? Well, it's called party to a crime. Prosecutor Dunikowski puts up a series of cards, the first of which asserts that a person is a party to a crime if that person directly commits the crime, intentionally helps in its commission, or advises, encourages, hires, counsels, or procures another to commit the crime. Another card lays out evidence that the defendants cooperated after Mr. Arbery was killed. On that card, a large red stamp of letters appears that says, does not matter. The law says everybody involved is guilty. Hey, Travis, get your shotgun. That guy is outside. Not, hey, Travis, I need to call 911. That guy is outside. Let's get our guns and let's jump in the truck. Encouraging, advising. Cut them off, cut them off, cut them off. That's what Greg McBible said. That concludes this episode of Jury Duty, The Killing of Ahmaud Arbery. Join us on our next episode as we conclude our coverage of Prosecutor Linda Dunikowski's closing statement with her argument to the jury for how they should regard the defense arguments in the case. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, produced, and hosted by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. Our consulting producer is Paul Butler. It was co-produced and edited by Chris Taracone. Music was provided by Strike Audio. Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Killing of Ahmaud Arbery. <laughs>